You're now tuned in to the original podcast of A Stronger Foundation. Welcome. Some call me doctor, others call me Master T. You can call me anytime. I'm Sweet T, the academic architect PDO. That's planner, designer, and overseer of the academic success plan for kids. So tell your neighbor or call somebody and let them know it's that time. Hey, y'all, let's get building. Hey, guys. Today's episode is called Academic Segregation. Now, I want to make a disclaimer before we begin. Let's get one thing straight that it is not my belief that educational institutes intentionally initiate academic segregation. Rather, it's a process that develops from the gradual neglect of a child's academic needs. It's almost a natural situation that occurs for students who do not make the most of their learning opportunities. So in a former podcast, I dropped a really heavy thought that most likely left you in a pensive state. I shared a few rhetorical questions that I sometimes wonder about as far as my attempts to rationalize why more kids aren't pushed beyond their academic comfort zone, where the real learning takes place for most learners. We all know, and it's, it's only natural for the kids to resist, but what makes us so willing to back off and allow them to face the struggles of tomorrow that are essentially brought on by the academic decisions we make for them today? Now, since I've never been able to rationalize these ideas in a way that seems justified, I sometimes wonder if it's just the way of segregating learners now in order to maintain the social order of the stratified classes later. You know, just allow the cream to naturally rise to the top through its natural separation from the crop. And so again, I ponder, could this be society's way of keeping society in check? The remedy for keeping those at the top, at the top and leaving the rest to endure entropy? Entropy in its simplest definition based on the context in which I intend to use it, is a natural tendency for disorder in our universe. A quick example is of entropy is the tendency for leaves to fall from a tree and create a mess on the ground beneath it. Never will you see an area being cleaned by the natural process of leaves rising from the ground to reattach to their branches. Now, in the same way, neglecting to adequately educate a child 
increases their chance of having an unstable life as an adult where things seem to just fall apart due to a lack of appropriate resources that they should have established during their preparatory childhood years. So now we are on the same page. So let me from here explain the process of academic segregation. I broke this idea up into three stages, initial segregation, core segregation, and finally the great divide. In the initial stage, the competition between learners who could possibly excel is limited significantly and exponentially. This occurs as learning gaps undergo weathering. Now, if you can imagine how punching many holes in a bucket essentially eliminates that bucket from ever being able to be filled, as well as greatly reduce its ability to even hold water, then you may be able to understand how learning gaps affects a learner's ability to both acquire and retain knowledge. The core academic segregation occurs when years of neglected learning gaps ultimately fossilizes into a weak academic foundation. If the idea of academic segregation was represented by the human anatomy, core would be the heart the organ responsible for pumping and circulation throughout the entire system. Course segregation results from the exponential weathering, water, I should say the exponential watering down of crucial foundational skills that students must properly grasp during their primary years in order to thrive throughout the adult years. Academic foundational skills are also like the trunk portion of a tree. In the same way that a trunk is the core unit for hundreds of branches, so is a child's academic foundation the primary source for all future learning. Hence, at this crucial stage, failure to develop the rigor, stamina, and competence necessary for survival beyond the primary years practically revolves, practically removes the very legs upon which they could even stand. At the end of this primary stage, students come to a fork in the road, which I refer to as the Great Divide. Simply put, the Great Divide describes the point of academic separation between students based upon the status of their foundation, weak versus strong. Now, can the organs receive needed nourishment separated from the heart? Or can the branches extend and reach separated from the support of the trunk? 
How then would a child be able to stand separated from a solid foundation? How can you recognize course segregation? You see it in kids that refuses to read at all. And in those who completes homework in minutes due to the lack of challenge. Those kids who remain on special, special, special learning plans that lowers the bar to accommodate them and somehow never seems to get raised back to the grade level standard. Course segregation is also visible in kids whose learning gaps are neglected indefinitely, as well as in kids who lack efficacy and embraces poor aptitude for learning. Now notice I didn't say kids who dislike school or who despise reading. And that's because being fond of school or loving to read are not prerequisites for a child to understand the vital role reading plays in their ability to succeed and have the life they may desire in the future. This is where efficacy development comes into play. Some of the most popular terms in education today are accommodation, differentiation, and customization, all because kids are becoming increasingly resistant to hard work but not all students. A few still welcome a good academic challenge. And between the amazing teachers who push these students and the wise parents who not only allow the teachers to do their job, but who also support the teacher's passion for their child's success, these students develop a strong and solid foundation that is free of learning gaps. At some point near the end of the primary school years, all students stand at an academic fork. This is the great divide. And there is no way around it. Based on the foundation they have developed, a child will either yield to the left or bear to the right. At the great divide, unless gaps have been closed, the weak will fall inside a drastic academic abyss, while those that carried their oil-filled lamps or torches from kindergarten to fifth grade, they branch off into honors and accelerated classes in core subjects. Hence, the separation of the weak from the strong. Wanna talk about injustice? This is by far the worst type, academic injustice. Because at only age 12, it's already almost clearly visible which child will most likely, and I said most likely, become the brains of society. Age 12. Why? Is this allowed to happen? At this point, their destinies are more vivid than ever. 
the strong will continue to excel through open water because their foundation is solid, no holes in their boat. Meanwhile, students with weak foundations get placed in low-performing classes because they lack the foundations to stay afloat. Now, remember we talked about in another episode how sometimes we may desire a certain thing in life, but we don't have the resources to support that. We wouldn't know what to do with it anyway. Now, at this point, when a child is being forced now to go on to secondary and take lower performing classes, a parent may say, no, I want my child in a higher class. But if that child lacks the academic foundation, they will struggle hard in that more difficult course. So from this point, from here, the segregation is complete since the weak rarely can recover or bounce back from a weak foundation due to additional contributing compounding factors that negatively impact a child's willingness to try. On the other hand, the child with a strong foundation becomes unstoppable as new skills become easier to comprehend as a result of their sufficient acquisition of the necessary prerequisite skills. So for my listeners who are still wondering, so what's the big deal, sweetie? If they were doing so poorly academically, then what's the rationale for them getting promoted and moving on to the next grade? Well, let's just say that if the educational system didn't have such a plan in place, in which they move students along, then there would be 14-year-olds in your child's first grade class. And there are many factors that play into the, the degree to which a child, child acquires knowledge. And yes, DNA does play a significant role. However, there is a saying among men and women of all cultures, if you cannot achieve it, weave it. And if you cannot grow it, sew it. So if your child isn't born with it, hire an academic planner and secure your child's future. I mean, aside from unforeseeable factors that could work out in a child's favor, like maybe winning the lottery, or getting picked in the big league draft. A parent is essentially the key player in terms of making the best academic decisions that will ultimately determine the direction the child is able to take upon reaching the great divide of academic segregation. Parents, make an effort, not an excuse. Don't allow your child to become a victim of academic segregation. Now look at your hands. Hold them out in front of you. You hold the power to make decisions today that will align your child with greatness tomorrow. Come on, mama. Work that power. 
Thanks for listening.